We are ready, Mayor. Welcome everyone to the Joint City and County um, Commission meeting. It is March 29th at 5.30. And we'll start the meeting by having Porter O'Neill make a few comments about the procedure for tonight. Thank you, Mayor, and good evening, everyone. Um, I just have a few housekeeping items for this virtual joint city county study session meeting. This meeting is being broadcast and recorded on the City of Lawrence YouTube channel. The public chat function is disabled for tonight. Since this is a study session, there will be no public comment. With that in mind, please mute your microphone unless you are speaking. Commissioners and staff, please keep your video on when you are participating in the meeting. When staff is not participating in the meeting, you can turn your video off. You will still be able to hear the meeting. You can turn your video back on when you are participating. Turning your video off when you are not participating allows the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. If you have any trouble, please send me a direct chat. The city reserves the right to mute microphones and or turn off people's videos to minimize distractions. Please remember to state your name and title each time you speak. And I'll return the meeting to Mayor Finkeldye. Mayor Finkeldye, thank you, Porter. And I think we'll start by having Chair Portillo welcome us and make any introductory, introductory remarks. Thank you, this is Chair Portillo. Thank you all for coming together this evening. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. The city and county have a long history of collaboration and coordination. In some ways, this is practical. The city of Lawrence contains over 80% of the population of Douglas County. Though more importantly, our collaboration comes from the expectations of our communities. Our constituents expect us to collaborate and provide the best services and resources possible. I feel like every time we have an election or turnover of our top administrative roles, we hear questions about combining the city and county governments. As someone who studied local government for more than a decade, I can tell you that's not a small question or one with a simple answer. The truth is consolidation is more than an on-off switch. Our collaborations are part of a continuum of types of consolidation that demonstrate two distinct jurisdictions coming together to collaborate on technical and adaptive challenges. Our jurisdictions have some consolidated features like fire medical and planning, we also have very unique contributions to big issues like public safety. Conversations around consolidation and collaboration often focus on questions of efficiency. How can we do the most with the least amount of resources? But there are other ways to look at collaboration. I would argue that our constituents expect us to look at collaboration through a lens of effectiveness. How can we work together for the best possible processes and outcomes for all of the residents of Douglas County and Lawrence? Really effective collaboration takes shared goals, shared effort, resources, and ongoing involvement from all participants. Resources for collaboration are not just financial, but also include the time spent bringing everyone to the table. The administrative efforts to collaborate and coordinate deserve recognition, and I'm grateful that Sarah and Craig lead teams that are dedicated to this work. Since coming into office, I've had a chance to go over many of the 40-plus agreements that Lawrence and Douglas County have. We're not going to review all of those this evening. That would take us well past my bedtime. Rather, I hope that we can spend time discussing how we want to approach our work together. What types of agreements do we have? I believe that there are technical agreements that are very specific to how Lawrence and Douglas County carry out services together. There are also more complex agreements that deal with adaptive problems that may not recognize jurisdictional boundaries or may impact other municipalities and township governments. Let's make sure that we have a shared understanding of what types of agreements we have, 
what shared goals we have for our community, and what are the principles and priorities that we want to bring to our collaborative efforts. I'd like us to leave this meeting together with clear expectations for the values and principles that should guide Craig and Sarah as they delve into the administrative details of these agreements. I look forward to the discussion tonight and thank you all for making this a priority and taking the time to ensure that we collaborate in the most effective and equitable way possible for our communities. Thank you, Chair Portillo. Um, certainly agree and echo many of those comments and certainly think that's a good starting point. You know, as I was thinking about um, tonight and, and really the coming months ahead, um, I kept thinking about the Tale of Two Cities opening paragraph that I memorized when I was in high school. You know, paraphrased, it, you know, it's the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom, it was the age of foolishness. It was the spring of hope, it was the winter of despair. We had everything before us, we had nothing before us. It went on and on, but you know, it's been a tough year for everyone, an awful year for some, and, and a, a simply a devastating year for others. But as more and more folks are vaccinated, COVID infections continue to drop. And with the passage of the American Rescue Plan, we live in exciting yet challenging times. You know, there are many obstacles and hardships we must work to overcome, some created in the last year, some created over the last hundred years. But here, the eight of us all, all wanting to make Lawrence and Douglas County a community will all enjoy life and feel at home. I chose that because that's how Lawrence has recently adopted mission statement, a community where all people, no matter race or color or socioeconomic status or creed, enjoy life and feel at home. But to reach this goal, we have strategic work to do. We have to work together, we have our goals, we have our passions, but we must work together to ensure success. We need to coordinate, support, and leave no gaps. Let no one slip through those cracks. Hopefully this discussion tonight is about how we can do that, how we can work together to achieve our independent and shared goals. Even maybe how we can spend and allocate and distribute over $40 million in federal funds over the next few years. We know things like the county has made amazing strides in the area of mental health over these last few years, including bringing community organizations together to make progress many thought was impossible. And with the opening of the crisis center on the horizon, there's even more promising outcomes to come. I look forward tonight to hear about what else the county wants to focus on, their passions and their goals. And after we hear from Sarah on the county's plans, you'll hear from Craig on the city's strategic plan about what we as a city want to accomplish, and maybe more importantly, how we will do the work of accomplishing those goals. And then after we hear from Craig, I look forward to all of us, all eight of us, discussing our path forward. The goal of tonight, as Chair Portillo said, is not to hash out every detail or resolve every dispute in every agreement we have. Rather, it is to find the common ground and set a framework for Craig and Sarah to work with going forward. Maybe we'll discuss areas the county wants to take the lead on or take responsibility for and what the city wants to tackle, how we can work together to achieve those goals. Regardless of what is chosen or the decisions made, know that the city will support the county on your efforts, your hard work and your passions. And I hope the county can find ways to support ours. In short, as we head from crisis to recovery, 
we need to find uni we need to be unified in purpose, coordinated in effort, and supportive of each other as we take action to reach our individual and collective goals. So with that, I look forward to the discussion tonight, and I'll turn it over to Sarah to talk about the county's plans and goals. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, my name is Sarah Plinsky, and I am the Douglas County Administrator. It's my real honor and pleasure to be able to present before this group tonight, and I'm very excited about this work ahead of us, and I'm very excited to be able to present some information on the Douglas County budget and our key program areas on behalf of the Douglas County Commission. So with that, I will do the most dangerous thing in Zoom world and try to share my screen without everything <laughs> going away. All right. All right, I'm gonna turn it to, let's see here, I was trying to get it to, oh, that didn't work. Hold on. All right, I think I got it. I think I just need to try to see if I can expand this, but I'm not sure I can. Um, can you all see that pretty well? All right, sorry for the delay. Um, tonight I'm gonna talk a little bit about Douglas County's uh, budget and strategic program areas. Uh, for Douglas County, our budget reflects our key program areas and our priorities as a commission. Um, I, I would also say that this is somewhat of the nature of, of how counties operate in Kansas. Um, counties are intergovernmental by nature. Um, we provide a number of services on behalf of other units of government. Um, specifically, the ones that come to mind most easily are the services that we provide on behalf of the state of Kansas, including vehicle registration and tax collection and distribution. Uh, these are services that are we are required to perform uh, based off of our, our statutory guidelines as counties being an arm of the state of Kansas. Um, in addition, you, there are often human service areas where we're intergovernmental in nature as well. Specifically, um, you know, I wanted to kind of when we get to the human service slide, I'll get into that in a little bit more detail. So the first slide I have for you tonight represents um, our public safety. Uh, public safety is a broad general category, is the largest area of the county's total budget. Uh, we represent about, uh, this represents over $44 million annually as a part of our budget and is, is over 35% of our budget. Specifically in public safety, we include the sheriff's office, which includes jail operations, criminal justice services, which includes our juvenile detention center, as well as community corrections and a number of pretrial services. And then also the county has the responsibility for coroner services. And that represents 20% of our, of our budget. The justice part of our budget is um, includes the 7th Judicial District. Can, counties are required by state law to provide for the efficient administration of the courts. And then also our district attorney's office. 
In our emergency services uh, function, we include emergency communication centers, so 911 that we do in partnership with the city of Lawrence, Baldwin, and Eudora, emergency management, Lawrence Douglas County Fire Medical, which, in, which we do in partnership with the city of Lawrence, recently added is our relationship and our sponsorship of Consolidated Fire District 1, um, which includes the district, the townships of Eudora, Wakarusa, Clinton, Marion, Lecompton, and Kenwaka. And then we also provide a small amount of support for volunteer first responders in um, the unincorporated area and in townships. In total, this represents, like I said, around $44 million of our budget. In the area of human services, we, our human service partnerships are in three different areas. Specifically, as, as was mentioned earlier, Douglas County has made significant investments in the areas of health and behavioral health. Uh, included in this area are Burton Ash, uh, the health department, Heartland Health and the dental clinic, Heartland RADAC, which is a regional alcohol and drug assessment center, and then DECA. Included in our poverty and safety net services is the Emergency Services Council, which provides uh, rent assistance and utility assistance in our community, the Lawrence Community Shelter, Just Food, and the Housing Authority. And then at, in terms of at-risk populations, we include Cottonwood, Independence Inc., the Jayhawk Area Agency on Aging, Senior Resource Center, BNA, the Children's Shelter, STA, Trinity In-Home Health, Van Gogh, CASA, and Artists Helping the Homeless. This is approximately 11% of our total operating budget. The next slide reflects the rest of the things Douglas County does. And I, and I want to include in this, in this uh, slide, you know, for purposes of how I describe the percentages of this budget, everything, uh, including um, transfers, um, are, are reflected on this side of the budget. Uh, our, our fund balance, which is 6.9% of our general fund, is reflected in this side of the budget. Transfers to equipment reserve and CIP, which is about $4 million a year. Um, so the percentages I gave you earlier reflect that all of those other expenses are, are not included in those numbers. Um, I, under human, oh, I, uh, so our next slide, I just wanted to restate some of our primary partnerships and collaborations uh, that we talked about earlier, Lawrence Douglas County Fire and Medical, Emergency Communications, Metropolitan Planning, and Sustainability. And on behalf of the commission, we're really excited to be able to talk tonight about potential partnerships and collaborations. And we appreciate you inviting us to this meeting. And with that, I'll turn it over to city manager Craig Owens. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, I'm gonna do my setup here. seeing city of lawrence strategic plan yeah thank you so um my slide presentation is straight off our website so uh if anybody's looking for these these are um this is my my confidence in our communications team that we're uh, trying to communicate everything pretty transparently and this is really the best reference for most people in the community that have been following along this process um 
Again, my name is Craig Owen, City Manager. I am uh, really, really honored and pleased to be able to uh, present this strategic plan uh, that has been um, developed over the last several months. Pre-pandemic, we got a really great start. And then we've uh, done a couple of check-ins uh, to make sure that we are still on course. And we've been doing a lot of work um, at a staff level pre predominantly, but also the um, elected body has had a number of substantial meetings to get to a place where we're we're very close to adopting uh, the, the full range of the strategic plan. I wanna talk about the framework a little bit of this strategic plan. First of all, on this slide, you'll see that it builds from the comprehensive plan, which is an important document that we share uh, for our community and, and uh, the way we look at and uh, the way we look at what we want for our community's future. The strategic plan really gets into the oper oper um, operations of what we do. And it helps us to start to take ideas and dreams and take them into service levels and deliverables and infrastructure and some of the hard assets that um, the, the community expects from us. And that, that works into the budget process and then eventually gets into the guidance for the stuff that's a little bit, uh, a lot more detailed and that drives our day-to-day -day, um, activities and decisions uh, that we do. So the framework that we have is based on the mission that the mayor already articulated, a vision that we have, which is uh, City of Lawrence is a su supporting an unmistakable, vibra unmistakably vibrant community with innovative, equitable, transparent, and responsible local government. Um, and then our values, which we've had since 2017, the internal uh, values that our, our organization has been guided by are character, competence, courage, collaboration, and commitment. So pieces that we talk about in our performance evaluation processes and that we try and instill in the people that do the work in our, in our organization uh, for the community. So this framework is built on two different pieces. One is outcomes. Outcomes are the deliverables or the external facing priorities that we've adopted um, as a community. And uh, the way that we came to understand these five different outcomes for our community was through a, a very extensive public engagement process. So uh, we um, convened a group of about 45 um, of the people that work here in in the city um, volunteered. I asked for I asked for some volunteers to go to go do communication on this strategic plan to be a listening device or mechanism to set up listening uh, for our strategic priorities for the future and hoping I we'd need at least 20 really to get out there and do it. We had 45 that ended up volunteering and going through extensive training on how to go out and listen. It's something we don't talk about or or train on very often, but it's a vital part. We're very proud that we made 3,000 contacts through that process, through an a long period of time over the summer. Um, we went out to where people were. We asked to be invited to, to where they gather already. Uh, we did tabling, we did y'all come meetings, you know, where you set up. Uh, we had a couple of those, so we made sure that anybody who wanted to be uh, put their ideas in could. And we had many facilitated um, small group um, 
exercises where we just listened. We asked key questions and we tried to really understand where did the community want us to go on a strategic basis for the future. And that's where we brought all that together and assimilated that. We used survey devices and tools and we put all of that into uh, this strategic plan. And we came up with these five areas, unmistakable identity, strong welcoming neighborhoods, safe and secure, prosperity and economic security, and infrastructure asset management and connectivity. This has been abbreviated to connected city. So that that is uh, our, we, we figured out that particular one needed a shorter title. So it's a little easier to say connected city. Um, so those are the five areas that we focused on and that we've built um, strategies around and we continue to build strategies and work plans to accomplish. In each of these, we have key performance indicators, and that's the most recent feature or addition to our strategic plan. So key performance indicators to, for, for us to signal, are we making the progress that we that we want to make, that our community asks us to make, and how do we track that we are making a difference? How are we tracking and quantifying the progress that we're making or the investments are paying off, how those are paying off in services and assets? And so we most recently, the commission adopted those key performance indicators, and those, will, those are publicized as well. And then those are being developed into strategies, and each of, the, each of these outcome teams is working on strategies. So we're um, very committed to these processes. There are powerful statements that we spend a lot of time developing um, on, for each of these that I won't read to you, but are a part of our plan and that really help us define and, and help our community understand this is what we're in business to do. What's somewhat of a unique feature here, um, while it's not unprecedented, I think the way that we're doing it is, uh, is unique to Lawrence, is that we're not only saying what we're going to do, which is, is key, a key characteristic of any strategic plan, but we've also defined how we're going to do it. So we believe that any of the any of the success that we may have or progress that we may have in, in achieving the five outcome areas, we believe those have to account for six different perspectives. So we have to be successful in six different, through six different lenses, if you will, and we really need to be um, successful in executing each of those. Those are community engagement, so we need to have, listen and share and be, continue to be uh, listening and engaged with our community, bringing them into our decision processes and making sure that we reflect what they're, what they're asking for and what they're telling us uh, and bringing them in to work with us and work alongside us in collaboration as we do our work. Efficient and effective processes. The best way we distill this down is to have a consistency. So when you um, when you interact or you're receiving or experiencing services, we want to make sure that those have a consistency and a reliability for the community. Uh, that gets to efficiency as well, but it's, it's, it's both efficiency and reliability. Those are key pieces or commitments that we're making in what we do. Equity and inclusion. This is something where um, we feel uh, that we need to be fair and impartial in the delivery of all services and that um, no group is disadvantaged or burdened um, and uh, along with having inclusive representation. So we're trying to account for all of the people in our community, all of the perspectives and the way they experience what we deliver uh, as an organization. Sound fiscal stewardship. 
um, you know, we need to give, I say the bumper sticker for this one is bang for the buck. We need to make sure that we're delivering these results in a way that is uh, effectively using the precious resources that we have as a community, making sure that they're applied along the lines of our priorities uh, and done so um, in tr with transparency so that the community can understand and experience uh, how we're delivering our services efficiently. Engaged and empowered teams, we don't really get very much done without the professionals that are part of the, the, the city team that have engaged in uh, public, public service and that work with us in the community. We know that we have to take care of them. We're responsible for their success and they're responsible for our success as an organization and as a community. So um, we want to make sure that we treat people that way and care for them as they care for us in the community. And finally, environmental sustainability. Um, we understand and expect that um, our place in this, in, in the environment and in this world, um, we can have a positive impact and we can have a negative impact. And we wanna make sure that we're having a positive impact and accounting for the impacts that we have on the environment and our place in the world and in the systems that, um, that affect our environment. So we make sure that we're measuring success in all those areas. So that framework's really important to us. It's hard. It's, it's, it's hard to have all these perspectives accounted for and deliver great services uh, through all the methods and means and do the things that we're expected to do. But we really feel like that's the only way to be truly comprehensively successful. And that's why we built the plan that we did. So with that, I'm happy to answer any questions. And turn it back over to the mayor. Mayor Finkelai, um, thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Craig. I guess I'm not really intending to run this meeting. I want this to be a collaborative meeting amongst everyone. Um, but you know, the next topic on our convo on our agenda was to talk about areas of shared interest and priorities before turning it over to a, a broader discussion. But so I guess I just open it up based upon what we've heard. Um, anything jump out to anyone about areas of shared interest and priorities that we can work together on? Um, or otherwise open it up for comments. Commissioner, Nod, I just wanted to clarify that you're asking us to speak to particularly in regard to those two presentations where we saw some overlap. Um, again, I'm not sure. Someone else can jump and help. I just was reading the agenda. Areas of shared interest and priority. This is Shannon Portillo. I, I believe that it can be from the presentations or really from the broader conversations that we've all been having around what do we want to get out of collaborations between the city and the county. Because what we're really hoping that we can do today is say what are our priorities when it comes to those collaborations and what are the values that we're bringing. I think that we we heard some kind of shared buzzwords, I think, between some of those presentations when we hear things like effectiveness and when we hear um, that we all want to involve communities in these, but I think that what are some of those guiding principles and how do we prioritize them 
when Craig and Sarah are really working through the specific agreements between the city and the county. This is uh, Shannon Reed here. I think I maybe have a question to pitch back to Sarah and Craig actually, and wonder if um, you know we can zero in on particular agreements that um, perhaps, especially with many with new commissioners in the county commission, some um, agreements such as fire and medical, perhaps that um, have been a topic of conversation between the commissions dating back to last year or even before perhaps, and what, um, where, where things kind of stand with that. And I wonder if that would help prompt some, some further questions from commissioners. Well, this is, this is Craig, I'll, I'll lead off and Sarah certainly will uh, jump in and Correct me, uh, but I, I think we, we've, we're pretty excited that we're culminating uh, an, an, an engagement with Wichita State University in uh, helping guide us through that most complex and probably our biggest uh, agreement and joint working relationship that we have. So, uh, you know, that was a big piece, uh, first piece to do. And I think we and, and challenged the consultant to make sure that we, she was uh, and they were working with us to to build this particular agreement and kind of the, the structures and foundations that it was something that was replicable so that we can use the foundational principles, kind of the guiding principles um, on how we structure some of our other agreements um, that in many of which are, you know, pretty dated and we, we just haven't really had these conversations before. So I'm, I'm looking forward to how that kind of works out. But I think it's I think it's pretty much queued up for uh, both bodies consideration here in the near future. This is Sarah Plinsky. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd echo Craig's comments. I think we're really close on the LDCFM agreement and we'll be presenting that to both bodies soon. You know, I think as, as opposed to necessarily focusing on specific agreements um, and where they might lie, you know, I think some of the larger issues that, that obviously there are some commonality between both boards, um, particularly, you know, in the areas, uh, some areas where we're already currently working. The county has made a significant investment in criminal justice work. It's a huge part of what we do. Um, you know, the county convenes the Criminal Justice Coordinating Council which brings together a number of stakeholders in from throughout our criminal justice system that includes the city um, and part of those conversations. So, you know, I think there's a number of collaborations in that area where uh, potentially we, we're already working and we can strengthen those relationships moving forward. If, if you're asking me to throw one out there, that's the one I'll throw out. Yeah, Craig Owens, uh, city manager. But yeah, public safety is a place where you know we have we have pretty clear um, lines of responsibility and long-standing, I would say, very positive, productive, rela uh, working relationships. Dispatch is the other one, or um, telecommunications uh, is another one where it's important that we you know we're very dependent and mutually reliable, uh, reliant on the. Um, the way the telecommunication works and 911 center works and and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of challenges technology wise and in the way that service is going to be provided in the future so we'll we'll continue to be very actively engaged in, in making sure we're continuing to 
get better in those spaces. This is Commissioner Kelly. And first, I want to, <clears throat> excuse me, thank Craig and Sarah for your reports. I mean, I can tell there's been a ton of work put in on that city one, and the county spends a lot, a lot of time, especially around budget time. That's really our priority document. Um, and I, as I just was reflecting on what Craig presented, you know, when I think about the priorities that we have at the county, that they're very similar. Um, we may um, go at them differently or use different language, but I mean, when you look at safe and welcoming neighborhoods, we talk a lot about what we want our entire county to look like through the planning process, you know, and that might not be individual neighborhoods, but I know we had a great retreat recently and appreciate all the commissioners contributions with the planning commission to talk about our comprehensive plan and what does that look like and how do we do these things? And so I think there's a lot of connection there, safe and secure. I think there's a lot of connections on that. <laughs> um, we talked about, you know, criminal justice and, and I think we have work to do there so that everyone feels safe and secure in, in Douglas County in the city of Lawrence. I think we all recognize that, that there's still work to do, but that's something that we share. Um, prosperity and economic security. I think we share that one as well. Again, we might go at it a little differently than the city does. Our real focus is on, you know, that safety net services, not that the city doesn't do similar things. Um, but when we think about prosperity, it's not only growing our community, but helping those who may be more vulnerable um, to be able to prosper and, and find economic mobility. So um, I think probably the one that just sort of I think about connected city on that one, Craig, that you shared. And I, I think like, you know, how are we doing that? And that that inspires me to think a little differently, maybe about what we're doing. I mean, we certainly have infrastructure within the county, but but I, I, I'm interested to continue talking and wonder if um, some of these new federal funds might help us think differently about um, internet service throughout the county. So um, I see a ton of connections there. I, I think we are stronger when we are collaborating as, as uh, I now need to say, Commissioner and Professor Portillo, congratulations. So, I mean, I, I think uh, I, I see a lot of similarities to answer your question, Brad. This is Commissioner Larson, and I'll pipe in here a little bit. I apologize for not being here at the beginning. I was having technical issues. Um, I have a tendency to have problems with internet service where I live at. So, again, I apologize. So, Shannon, I'm going to have to go back and, and, and listen to the tape to hear what you had to say at the beginning. So, I'm sorry. So, I, I just um, what I would uh, hope to to get out of this and moving forward, and I think we will. So, just Craig and Sarah's work so well together it seems like and I really appreciate the work they put in so far um, I'm hearing good things um, but my hope is that with these agreements that we can set down and, and Craig and Sarah can detail how uh, you know each party's going to handle whatever service it is or, or, or whatever program it is um, and how it's equitable for both parties and that I think in past agreements they were written up and some of them are very old and you know they've kind of gone by the wayside a little bit and it's no nobody's intention it just happened over the years so it is again my hope that as we go through with these agreements that we can collaborate and determine who's going to be 
handling what programs. And, um, you know, because I know it seems to me going through it for the past five years, it seems like I'm seeing the county pay for things that I thought maybe the city should be doing. Those are programs the city should be doing and vice versa. Um, that the city's paying for some things that maybe, you know, I would I would personally see it more as a county function. Um, but that doesn't mean there's going to be some crossover or matching or, or what whatever. But um, I just think that needs to be really detailed in these agreements. And I don't think that's been done in, in the past as well. It should have been. And then we also need to make sure that once we get these agreements written up, that there's some tracking mechanisms so that we're ensure we ensure that they're being uh, followed each year. Um, uh, you know, so they don't go by the wayside like they have in the past. So that's um, some of the area I'm coming from. This is Commissioner Portillo. Commissioner Larson, I really appreciate some of those comments. I think that one piece that as we move forward with kind of going through all of these agreements is really thinking about what kind of timeline do we want to put in for review? And so saying that one of the things that hopefully we can all agree on, and I'd love to hear input from other commissioners, is that how often should we be reviewing some of these agreements? Some of them I think are pretty technical and specific. Some of them are really broad overarching goals. Do we, do we want different timelines? Do we want a standard expectation and then stagger those as we work through these agreements? Does it depend on if they include other municipalities or if they're direct between the city of Lawrence and Douglas County? And so I think something like that where we, I would hope we all agree that we want regular kind of input on this so that when we do have turnovers in commissions, some of these agreements are older than I am. Some of these agreements probably haven't been reviewed since any of us have been elected to office. And so what type of standard timeline do we want for reviewing these? Does it depend on the agreement? Does it depend on how many parties are in the agreement? I would love to hear everyone's thoughts. This is Commissioner Arson. I'll just um, hop in a little bit here on this one. I, I wouldn't um, have any problems with a discussion of sunsets, putting on some of these agreements that force us to go back to the table um, at every so, I don't know how, five years, 10 years, whatever, three years. Um, but just to have that so that we ensure that we are looking at these in the current financial situation that both um, entities are. Um, and so I agree with you that we need to have some sort of mechanism to ensure we are following them, whether I think there should be at least a yearly review of them um, with a presentation to each um, governing body to say this is the agreements, this is where we're at with them, and we know we're following them or we're not following them, we need to do something different. This is Commissioner Bowley. Um, I'd like to thank Commissioner Portillo, Commissioner Reed, and Commissioner Kelly for being with us today. Thank you so much. Um, I look forward to this conversation. I'm enjoying it, and I look forward to more over the upcoming weeks and months. Um, in uh, Commissioner Portillo's opening remarks, she talked about efficiency, effectiveness, and, and, and equity. I think each of those are important. Um, I think efficiency kind of has to do with how do we um, sunset our agreements or how do we, how do we come back and, and look at them? I think efficiency is also how do we manage the programs that are that we're agreeing need to be undertaken. I think that's a very key component of this. Um, effective management is is key to success, and you know we're fortunate to have two capable administrators. 
Um, I guess I'd like to go back to uh, Commissioner Portillo and ha get a better understanding of the technical and adaptive uh, terminology so that I have a better understanding of how these agreements fall under those categories. Of course, this is Commissioner Portillo. When we talk about technical versus adaptive, it really has to do with are these complex problems or very direct? So when it comes to technical, some of these are things that we know that we need to work together on that require things like resources, collaboration. I would think about 911 dispatch, right? That's still very complicated, but it's a very direct conversation between the county and the city. We know we need to collaborate on it. We know that this really has comes down to money, who's paying for what, and timelines how we're doing that management. And then there are really kind of complex adaptive problems that are ongoing and difficult. And I would say that everything around our social service safety net and how do we prioritize what are the goals that we need to focus on when it comes to resources. These are often things that don't have jurisdictional boundaries. And so there aren't as clear cut decisions of who handles what, and there are things that all work together. So. For example, I would argue that things like mental health funding affect our criminal justice system. Things like a homelessness approach affect our criminal justice system. And so these are really complex systems that work together where we may have agreements around specific pieces or whole big areas, but they're constantly kind of changing, evolving, and some things we don't have complete control over. We, we do have a joint sustainability director between the city and the county. And it turns out that pollution doesn't really stick to specific jurisdictional boundaries very well. But there are certain sustainability efforts that are very jurisdictionally bound. And so how do we kind of work on those complex kind of adaptive problems that change over time, context changes, and the expectations of our constituents change and adapt. And I would say when we think about big social justice issues, that's one area where after the summer of 2020, I think there is an expectation from our communities that we take racial equity even more seriously than we have in the past and really show that we're doing things, not just talking about things as both the county and the city. And how does that operate in issues of social services, criminal justice, sustainability, and even down to really technical pieces like our utilities? and any sorts of supports that we put in place for utility assistance. So when we talk about technical, those are very direct. It really has to do with how are we negotiating the nitty gritty of who handles what, who pays for what, adaptive, it has to do with these are the big values pieces and how, how do we handle those systems that are really interconnected and take up a lot of, um, a lot of energy to work through the values and priorities that we have as a community. Ms. Grishwell, thank you for that explanation. I appreciate it. This is Commissioner Kelly. Commissioner Bully, if I could follow up your comment about the management, because I just have a, a question and how you, I'm always interested in these groups that we each provide funding for, but may have another authorizing body, right? So. Um, I'll use the community shelter sort of as an example. They have a board of their own and they have funds that they also get from other things or that they may apply for grants. 
I'm always interested in in that idea of managing that group when we're not the sole funder of that group. Do you have thoughts on on how we manage that? Um, I think that's one of the this Commissioner Bowley. I think that's one of the big questions in front of us, uh, Commissioner Kelly. Um, you know, we have you know selected our managers and we have provided them with at the city we've provided them with the strategic plan they've provided to us and we've provided it to them um, and so that's the guiding for how we're going to go about doing what we're doing and it's very intentional so to to take the resources that are provided to us by the taxpayers and the ratepayers and accomplish the programs and the outcomes that we're trying to do, this is how we've done it. How do we do this in um, in a complementary fashion with you know Douglas County? And you know, if we choose to do this through other providers, how do we evaluate and you know make sure that we're being effective with our programs? I think this is one of the questions that, that has to go into the agreements as we make them. And, and it's possible that we'll choose to say, well, we're not going to agree to split this. This is going to be a city program and the city will be responsible for that. I, I think utility assistance is something that comes right to my mind. I see that as a city responsibility on our, on our uh, um, social service side. Um, we cannot do utility assistance through ratepayer money. We have to do it through um, government, governmental program side money. But I, I've seen that as a city focus. Um, but uh, there, there are so many things that we do together. I, I think these are the conversations that we need to have. I don't know if that's an adequate response to your question, Patrick, but that's where I am. Yeah, maybe just thought, I mean, and I really don't know the answer, so I don't really knows Commissioner Kelly again. I don't really know whether it's an adequate response or not, but I, I mean, I, I, I just think about those organizations that we have that we're partners with them. And really, we may have certain outcomes that we're looking for, and we may have, and I think that's a great conversation for us to have, is sort of like, what are those outcomes that the that the city commission is finding valuable? What are the outcomes that the county commission is finding valuable? They may be different. I mean, they may be similar in that they're, at the, they're in the same space, but how we measure them may be different. Um, and I, I, I can only imagine what it's like for some of those community partners if they're gonna get different outcomes from one and different out, maybe that's doable. I, I mean, I think they're part of who we need to involve in this conversation. It's like, how when we have multiple partners, you know, when it's city, county, and and the partner that we're working with, what what's that like on their end? And is there a way that we could um, be more clear in, in our expectations? Mr. Mayor Finkel, I guess I would jump in on that and say that um, Commissioner Kelly's question, I think, um, really highlights 
um, Chael Portillo's differentiation between technical and adaptive type of agreements. I mean, you know, we have agreements, and as Sarah mentioned, that are, you know, with, you know, governmental, just governmental entities. It could be Baldwin and Eudora and others like dispatcher. They could just be the two of us on those agreements, and those are for the provision of services. It seems like those are, are things, again, that you can, you know, walk through, you can have sunsets, you can, um, you know, reevaluate, see how the best balance, see how usage is, things like fire and medical. And, and those, I think, really set themselves up, frankly, to have agreements, right, to, to decide that. I think the adaptive ones, you know, again, as several people have mentioned, you know, depending how you define the issue, you know, how do you, you know, how do we work together to help the homeless person on the street? Is that a criminal justice issue? Is that a vote Nash issue? Is that a mental health issue? Is that a, um, you know, social service issue? Um, you know, how do we work together on that? Is that an LCS issue? Um, and it maybe depends on where we, where they're in the process. You know, we've talked at our level about how we as a city want to possibly interact with them differently than the police being the first responder. We might have a homeless homeless outreach team. That seems probably to be a city function. That's something we want to do. There, there might be some homeless somewhere in the county that would have to have interaction with the sheriff, but that clearly is much less common than in the city. That is something we might consider doing and we might want to do, um, you know, and so to do that, that seems like something we don't necessarily need. We could have an agreement that with the county that says we're going to do that, or we might just do that. Um, and then, but then the question is, well, how does the people we interact with, how does LCS or the crisis center, right, um, or Boat Nash, how do those folks interact and who provides that service? Is that Boat Nash providing the service for the county? Now you guys, I mean, for the city, obviously you do a lot of funding with Boat Nash on the on the mental health side and otherwise, but maybe they were our vendor to provide homeless outreach. That to me is different than funding mental health. Um, and maybe that, you know, and so how does that interaction is? And then when we get to where do they go? Do they go to the crisis center? Do they go to LCS? Do they go someplace else? Now we start getting into complex questions that maybe we can reach agreements on, um, but maybe we, again, they're so adaptive that we'll change in every six months the best way to do it. I don't know. Um, but I, I do think it's useful on some of those you know, discrete areas. We're going to do this because, um, and you're going to do that, um, you know, I, I think would be good to kind of identify um, in some of those areas. And others, they're going to be tough. I understand. I just think we want to work through those responsibilities. This is Commissioner Portillo. Mayor Finkelday, I really appreciate that example because, well, first of all, I love the idea of decriminalizing homelessness and using an alternative form of outreach. Um, and I think that's one where that certainly wouldn't be an agreement between the city and the county, because if the city is shifting away from the LPD doing those services towards something else that the city is in you know, complete control over, there's nothing that we need to agree to as a county. And yet that would greatly impact a number of county services. 
So that means that we probably wouldn't be bringing people to the county jail for something like for their encounter around homelessness. And we may be bringing them to LCS or to the crisis center. And so that means we need to continue to have these conversations where it may not necessarily result in an agreement, but we need to know how you're distributing resources. So we know how we need to distribute resources because that will affect and shape the ways in which both all of our communities respond to this really important crisis of homelessness. So I really like that idea of saying, what are some areas where we know things are complex and we're gonna to continue to work on them? We need to keep conversations going constantly. CJCC, the Criminal Justice Coordinating Council is a key way that we do that. And we're working on better ways to communicate how the CJCC is going to kind of update the community around responses to these types of questions. But then there are those technical agreements of, okay, well, how do we fund some of these areas? How do we make sure that we have clear accountability for certain things? And those are the technical agreements that I really trust Sarah and Craig to work through and make sure that there are, there are timelines for when we review them, that there are clear distinctions of the budget and who funds what and why it's at these particular amounts. And then those are things for our commissions to go ahead and review as those technical agreements. This is Sarah. Uh, you know, another topic that you know, was just Craig and I discussed as we were preparing for this meeting, um, that is, I think, an emerging issue in our community uh, where we will, I think we're all going to naturally collaborate and then also involve our friends at the school district is childcare and early childhood education. Um, traditionally, this has not been an area that the county has been heavily invested in. Um, as you could see from our human service funding, that's not really been a prioritization of ours. However, the city has made it a part of their, I believe, their economic development strategic plan to talk about workforce supports in that area. It's definitely school readiness is an issue for USD 497. And as a part of the county's role in the community health improvement plan led by our health department and the anti-poverty plank, childcare really rose out of that as a strong anti-poverty measure. And so I think this is another area where I think there's growing collaboration on a part of our community where, where we will all work together, where there isn't necessarily, um, you know, a clear owner of a space. I prefer the term, this is a space where the county is comfortable exercising leadership. So if you look at leadership as an action and as a verb, this is a place where the county is comfortable exercising leadership. We're certainly willing to come to the table to be a part of these conversations. I have dedicated staff resources to help pull some of these conversations together. However, this is not something necessarily that I think any one agency can fully own. Um, so, you know, I just, just to sort of throw something else in there, besides homelessness, yeah, um, in terms of other areas that I think we have um, potential to really move the needle on in this community uh, moving forward. This is City Manager Craig Owens, and um, these are familiar conversations that Sarah and I have had. She's been so patient, patience, uh, patience and, and grace with me in learning, you know, not just Douglas County, this is how we do things here, but also the enormous complexity of social services, which in my in my travels has not typically been so um, so much a city function. Um, usually this is a county and state function. 
Um, so it, my learning curve has been steep, but and they have great expertise. I mean, your team at the county has uh, enormous expertise that has been also lent uh, to me and our, our team in understanding where this is. At the same time, I don't want to grow and expend resources to duplicate that expertise. And so um, where there is, um, Sarah's a good line of um, providing leadership in a space, I have great deference and trust and uh, confidence in that space being well done. And uh, we want to know where we can support those play, those uh, areas and how we can support those specifically. But some of the comments that have just been said in the last few minutes are talking about accountability. So if it's if it's somebody's responsibility, whoever it is, we all know and the community knows that's that's whose responsibility for that leadership portion is and that may also and often does lead people to wonder about funding and wonder about okay so who is funding that important piece which must be done well so that the other players can count on that piece being working in concert with this enormously complex system and many systems that we have so I, I do think that accountability piece and understanding what this is and common strategy you know do we, we don't all have to make up our own strategies. And I think if we're both funding an agency, it's right that they should expect and understand that we've collaborated and understand that we're we're working on behalf of the same community, more or less, to, to the same ends. And that can make us all be much better at that and not redundant, uh, which we can't afford anyway. So I, those are all pieces. And Sarah, again, has... Um, very patient in helping me come along uh, to understand a, a different way of looking at things. But I think those things are opportunities for this. I mean, the eight of you agreeing on strategy in these enormously complex systems uh, that it's going to take are important. And the, the last thing I just add is the stability. Um, so we have, if it's a utility matter or sewer water issue, you know we've got it and we're going to have to figure a way out to fund that. And there's things that you do that are uniquely yours and there's no question. But I think when we're looking at these very complex um, issues like homelessness and like housing insecurity, that, which is the, the broader um, portion of this and all the different pieces that need to go right to help us move as a community out of this space and go to a better place, there's gotta be stability in the counting and some of these agencies that are really, you know, they're just, holding on by a thread and they have to they have to do fundraisers to do things that I think most of the people that I've talked to in this community consider to be fundamental rights, then why aren't we making sure that there's a stability and a common understanding of what we're trying to do? So I think we're in shared space on that. I hope we are anyway. Yeah, and this is this is Sarah. And yeah, and Craig and I have have talked through this, you know, and at, at and I think there's a lot here to be learned. You know, you know, for example, one of the things I was going to mention tonight was related to Burt Nash funding. Um, Douglas County, when you include our subsidy of their health insurance, we pay around 30% of Burt Nash's funding. Um, they are, but 70% of their funding comes from the state, Medicaid, insurance, contracts, and fundraising. Uh, we are not even their primary funding source. Um, so, you know, I think it's, and that's a space that when you work in a county and in terms of human services, 
we're very used to these situations where we have to, uh, we can't just exercise authority. We need to actively work on leadership with folks in our community to make sure that we do that. And I think we could look at it as let's not have duplication. I prefer that we don't think about it from that lens. I would prefer to think about it that for every dollar that local taxpayers invest in Burt Nash, they're able to leverage, you know, additional funds coming from the state and from grants and from Medicaid and from um, fee payers, you know, in essence, people paying for their service. So, you know, I think sometimes it's, you know, it'd be more helpful if we could turn the narrative around is to and necessarily in a scarcity situation and talk about how, particularly in human services, when we invest in them and they can use those dollars to bring in additional funds, we can really take our whole community farther um, in terms of our support for social services moving forward. You know, in terms of like things that I feel like we completely own. Um, you know, I'm going to talk about land records and taxation and elections. Um, you know, those are state functions that we specifically are authorized by statute to do. Um, I'm really proud of that work and our tax system and how our register of deeds, our county clerk, our appraiser and our county treasurer work together to really what I consider fundamental basics of local government, which is property ownership and tax collection. And so, you know, I think we each have some of those areas that we both clearly, you know, I don't. I, you know, we don't, you know, Craig knows if he's got a question, uh, question on tax distribution, he knows he's going to call our team and, and we're going to provide those answers to him. So I think the question is just in this large area of human services and criminal justice and perhaps other topics where it is just really hard to define, um, you know, necessarily clear leader, clear owners, as I would say, but there's a lot of leaders and there's a lot of our potential to all of us show up in this space and work together to really bring our community forward. This is Commissioner Ananda. Um, I, I think that I, I want to jump back very quickly to um, Commissioner Larson's comments about how often we should review these agreements. And I think that there is a difference between the reviewing of the technical um, agreements that we have and then the adaptive ones. I think that it would be um, possibly an uneconomical use of our time to review a technical agreement on an annual basis. I think that there are some times that we just have to let things sit um, until we need to review them. So annually, I think that could get onerous, um, but certainly having ideas of what those look like, and some of them might be perfectly fine for five years, some might be fine for 25 years, some might be fine for one year. Um, so I think that there's space for latitude in some of those. Um, but I think that others do require more. But I think that as we're talking about those more adaptive problems, as we're talking about things like affordable housing, um, anti-poverty measures, houselessness, um, economic development, uh, our criminal justice system, those are really big conceptual issues that touch multiple areas of both governments and are intrinsically intertwined with one another from planning to um, the court system both municipal and district, which most people don't even understand the difference between. Um, and there isn't, I think, um, going to uh, Sarah's comments around who does have ownership of that. When I think about my work in equity, you know, um, in this community, I'm a part of at least three groups <laughs> with which equity is the topic. And so there are three separate groups doing several separate things. And some of them are government related. Some of them are related to these other topics, but under um, under the equity issue, and in there there is space to have 
a consolidated location where all of this information is going, not just to avoid duplication of services, but to avoid the burnout that occurs when people are working toward addressing these adaptive problems and may not have the funding with one hand, but another group may have excess funding that can be used to put toward the solution to an issue um, that we haven't even thought of. So I think I think a little bit bigger than um, what is the government's role, but how are we attacking these very adaptive problems within our entire community, um, whether that's in collaboration with private partners or other organizations or the government ourselves taking that on. And I think that very rarely do we, and I think that this is the heart of our role as leaders to say, what do we want it to look like? What does it look like in our community when we have addressed houselessness or poverty or economic development, or what do we want our criminal justice system to look like? Um, And I think that there's space for us to have those kind of conversations so that we know where we're going. And I think that we did that a little bit with our strategic plan. It's the start of that, but we obviously didn't take on very specific conversations in those topics. But for me, that is what I see being the heart of our role as the leaders in this county and in the city of Lawrence and even the leaders of other cities and within the county as well. This is Commissioner Larson, and, and um, something that Sarah said that really kind of, kind of made me kind of think a little bit was she mentioned there we have a lot of leaders in this community and for various programs, but sometimes the ownership of that issue is not as well defined. And I think about the homelessness um, situation, the, the housing situation. Um, I think that's a good example because one thing that I've noticed, especially this past um, winter was that um, we seem to have a lot of um, organizations and a lot of leaders that are doing great work to try to, to, to address homelessness. But it just seems to me that there's, I don't know if it's confusion or just um, um, lack of co- collaboration. I'm not sure what it is, but it just seems like there's no central, me- central um, message. There's no central program that's, um, you know, that's kind of directing how how we're trying to address homelessness. But there's just there's a lot of folks who are trying their best to do it, and, and they're doing a great job. But what's the central method, uh, message as to, to how we're going to address this? It seems to me like there just seems to be uh, a better collaboration. Um, at least I'm not seeing it for myself. Just a better collaboration as to who's doing what, and what's the most efficient use of those dollars that. Um, that all the entities provide in order to address that. So I think that's what, why it's important to determine ownership um, or at least understanding what part of the ownership you have or don't have or what I have. Um, so that way we can be best to spend our taxpayers' dollars. So this Commissioner Kelly, I mean, I think we've established that you know, homelessness is an adaptive problem. And if we had the right answer, we could create clear lines on who was supposed to do what and how, but we don't have clear answers on how that is. And so what you're seeing, I think, Commissioner Larson, my perception is that we're seeing people experiment in this space, which is part of that definition of an adaptive problem is that we're gonna act experimentally 
We're going to try different things to see how it might work. It's frustrating. It's frustrating, you know, because we don't know the right answer. Otherwise, we just do it. That's where I think like emergency communications might be more technical in nature. We feel like we know how to do that. Um, but I, I think you gave a great example of that difference between technical and adaptive that we've talked about here today, that it, it's important to come back and say, what do we learn? You know, what observations do we have about the different interventions we've made? And then what interpretations and how might we do a different intervention so that we can be more successful? And I think that's the thing we keep talking about is like, how are we going to visit these things? And maybe it's, it's more of these little get togethers and maybe more focused around a specific topic just to understand what each group has done. Maybe it's, I really like Commissioner Ananda's, like, how do we communicate it better? I think we have to look at the success of Unified Command. And, you know, we have a coronavirus hub that has got information from both the city and the county on it and other partners as well. So, you know, that would send a huge message to our community that we work together on these big problems. And I, I think it would be a huge step to change the narrative, I think someone said. And, and I get really excited about that. But I think that was a great example of wanting a problem to be technical but it really is adaptive and it's going to require us to experiment on it. This is Commissioner Portillo. So what I'm hearing is some consensus around at least a discussion of timelines for when we review agreements, knowing that those timelines might not be consistent for every agreement kind of understanding when an issue or an agreement is technical or adaptive, and it may be helpful, I'm not saying right now, because I don't wanna put Craig and Sarah on the spot, but it may be helpful for Craig and Sarah to go over our list of agreements and kind of say, what are those clear technical agreements? What are the ones, what are the agreements that touch many of these adaptive problems? So that we as commissions can kind of take a, take a look at that and see where we're at. Um, it sounds like we have a lot of consensus around we like collaborating and collaboration builds a lot of these conversations that may not lead to really specific decisions, but help us understand how we're approaching these adaptive and complex problems. And so it may be really beneficial for us as both commissions to kind of commit to saying, let's come together regularly so that we can keep pushing these collaborative conversations forward. Are there other big key areas that I'm missing from our conversation? This is Commissioner Bowley. I appreciate your summary. I think it's excellent. Um, I guess the thing that I would like to address briefly is the idea that as we collaborate, I think it's important that we remember that we're kind of complementary layers of government. I mean, every uh, person in Lawrence is in Douglas County. And so, you know, we are, um, you know, we are recipients of the services that Douglas County provides. We are taxpayers of Douglas County, just as we are, serving, you know, uh, people who, receive city services and, and uh, you know, pay city taxes. So I think that's, that's a distinction that's sometimes been lost as we've talked 
in the past. And I, I'd just like to make sure that we realize we are complementary layers. Mayor Finkel, I thought um, Chair Patillo's summary was good. I think those are um, the right starting points. And I guess the other thing, I know we have at some point, I think there's 48 agreements. I think the other part, I don't know, we haven't really talked about this, but it's, do we agree that we don't need 48 new agreements? We don't need necessarily every one of those to be in agreement anymore and that, if Sarah and Craig can walk through some of these, um, we, it might just be something that was a good agreement when it was drafted, but we just don't need that anymore. Or these three should be all together into one. I hope we can agree that they, especially if we're going to review these on a, on a timely basis, we don't need 48 to review. Mayor, this is Commissioner Bowley. I would, I would stipulate that if we actually had been reviewing 47 or 48 agreements, we wouldn't have 47 or 48 <laughs> So I, I really think the reviewing on a uh, on a regular basis is good, but I think that can be determined by the nature of the agreement, by what agreement it is. It doesn't have to be a you know the same length of time for each. And I will disagree briefly with my uh, fellow commissioner. Uh, Twenty five years is too long. So. <laughs> Yeah, this is Sarah. I would say having spent some time looking at that list um, and every time someone mentions this list, it gets a little bit larger, kind of like a, a good fish on a fishing trip. But what I would say is that many of those agreements were one time agreements for one time specific project, like a road extension. So, it, you know, I think we keep sort of, uh, you know, we've narrowed them down to I think there's really I'd say about 2025 that have any sort of ongoing, and that includes multiple agreements that can be collapsed into one. So, you know, I, I think it's it's important that we not make this uh, too big of a of a task for us to tackle as we move forward. And I really do believe it is achievable to get these reviewed and to get them into a consistent format, and then um, have ongoing, regular both accountability and oversight for them, and as well as um, fundamental top to bottom reviews on a, on a regular basis. This is Commissioner Larson. I don't, it might behoove us to kind of look at the idea of a master agreement that um, kind of is overarching for many of the, the agreements and then with the possibility of just um, narrowing them down for whatever that subject or whatever that issue is. But um, I know master agreements work pretty well in the contract world, but I don't know how well it would work potentially with um, with government programs that we're trying to figure out what best how best to operate them. The city manager Craig Owens. Yeah, I think when you look at the uh, uh, EMS uh, agreement that's going to come before you, I think you'll see that there's some contemplation of some of those things. Uh, you know, basically, how do we how do we pay each other for those services? How do we you know get a check to the other one? Uh, and account for those sorts of things. So I think there are a lot of common things that we've identified that are along those lines, Commissioner. This is Commissioner Porti. I'm sorry, Commissioner Shipley, were you about to say something? I just saw you were unmuted. Yeah, um, Vice Mayor Shipley, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I. I one thing I want to be sure I keep a thread on, um, you know, 
one of the reasons it seems like unified command worked well wasn't just that we had common cause, but we had urgency. And I think that the public as well as we become frustrated when sometimes these become kind of academic exercises. So particularly in the space of houselessness, um, the clock is ticking as far as I'm concerned right now on the winter. Um, and of course we're seeing um, all kinds of other um, side effects throughout the community of us not having a comprehensive plan of what we're gonna do. Um, so it's good that we all agree that we're in this space and that we have common cause, but the frustration is still um, out there in the public that we don't have a plan. So, you know, when I think about, you know, our, uh, you know, our unified planning commission, you know, we share a sustainability coordinator. Is it ridiculous to imagine um, a shared uh, position for someone who coordinated for us um, specifically in the realm of houselessness? Um, and I only suggest that because a couple other commissioners had mentioned um, the feeling of a lack of accountability or a lack of a central um, uh, person to go to on those issues. This is uh, Commissioner Reed here. I appreciate those comments, um, Vice Mayor Shipley, and I um, I agree with you. I think there is a sense of urgency about homelessness in our community. I think that the uh, community members are speaking about it from a variety of places. Um, somebody mentioned earlier that there's a variety of leaders in that area and community organizations and groups that are um, <clears throat> doing advocacy and direct service work. And, you know, I'm, I'm really hopeful about the moment in time that we're in that, um, you know, it's been about a year now since Douglas County um, signed an agreement to, to have built for zero um, consultation and really gather most all those service providers and including the city and the county to the table to start talking about figuring out some of the technical solutions to issues like data management, um, buy-in across the board, across agencies, and how we facilitate that um, information amongst each other, how we navigate referrals. I mean, there are a lot of sort of technical solutions there that I think have been um, being addressed and been, there's been progress made on it in a big way, it sounds like to me. And I'm hopeful that um, some of that progress coupled with some funding that is coming um, our way from the federal government really does create opportunity for us to make this a shared priority between our commissions to really listen to the community um, screaming with urgency um, about it. And it is a crisis. Uh, it's a crisis that we know was made exponentially worse um, and intensified by the pandemic that we are still navigating. Um, and I think that there are a lot of not just government agencies and nonprofit agencies that are doing that work, but there are a lot of community members and um, people who have lived experiences, people who are doing 
grassroots community care and community organizing and mutual aid work um, that are doing their best to try and fill in some of the gaps that I think exist because it has been such a complex conversation with a lot of different partners. And I, from my perspective, and I'll say this as my, with my service provider hat on, until this past year, I'm not sure that there's been much convened conversation amongst all players, so to speak, amongst all the partners, um, including city and county, you know, leadership showing up at those meetings. And so um, I like your idea, Vice Mayor Shipley, of perhaps there is some um, some room to think about, a, you know, dedicated centralized location for where those um, where that work is happening, how we are building sustainable ways of addressing homelessness and helping folks navigate through a web of resources, right? That different people need different resources and different paths. Um, and they do, they deserve options and choices. And we know it's easiest to be able to direct folks to a centralized location, point of contact, and that, as you mentioned, uh, creates some accountability and create it makes it easier for us to communicate to the community at large that um, we are prioritizing this. We do have a place where um, we want to, we want folks to know that they can come and get the support they need. And, uh, you know, the American Rescue Plan, I think that um, that is a piece of the puzzle that I'm hoping gives us the opportunity to really create some sustainable programs that that are not just crisis intervention, that where we can really talk about how we build this into the fabric of all of our various systems in a community um, that learn how to respond together to crisis. Mayor Finkel, I, I mean, I, you won't hear me disagree with anything that was just said. I think we, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of work to be done in that area. Um, there's a lot of work to be done in several areas, but I do think we're in a unique position, both because of the, what COVID has caused in the this area of houselessness, um, but also the opportunities we have, you know, both with the rescue funds coming, not only the the money that's been talked about, um, you know, I, I, I think there's going to be some additional money, you know, for utility assistance. I think we might have, you know, over a million dollars in CDBG money coming our way um, that is supposed to be used on these sorts of um, issues. So I, th I think there's a lot of work to be done, but I do think, um, you know, there's some urgency to that. Um, and I would say, I guess the only maybe caveat, I'm not opposed to to having some people in-house, but I think we ha do have some experts that if we if we ask them to do the work and we put out a RFP, as it were, and said, this is the service we want you to provide, um, and then we task them to that service, we could, you know, they could be up and running quicker than probably us trying to find someone to run that, you know, internally. But we also have some great assets in both the county and the city who have been working on this issue in various ways. Um, including one of our newest city employees, which I'm not sure she started yet, so I won't say anything. But um, 
Um, but obviously, Jill Jolico at the county and, and others have been working hard on this. So, again, I think this is one of those where we we need to say, who's going to who's going to lead this effort? Who's going to lead this charge? It's going to take all of us, but let's get get moving on it. And, you know, the same is true in lots of these areas. Um, so, maybe it's that's a conversation for another one of these joint meetings. This is Chair Portier. I really appreciate that, Mayor Finkeldye, and I, I appreciate the comments um, Vice Mayor Shipley and Commissioner Reed. I, I think that this is one of those pieces where it is an ongoing effort. Even if we have one point of accountability, we, we have a number of coordinated services that we need to bring together and continue to talk through. So I love the idea of let's put something else on the calendar to keep having the conversation around houselessness, and let's make sure that we keep moving all of these conversations forward. I am wondering what do we want to make sure that we kind of walk away from today's meeting with? It sounds like we have a number of kind of shared ideas. We have conversations around timelines. We have future meeting goals. Are there other things on the table that we need to make sure we agree to today? As always, Commissioner Porcio, I think you covered the bases, although maybe Commissioner Larson has something to add. No, actually, um, um, Commissioner Larson here, um, actually, I was just going to say, it seems like those are the bases right now, and that it's a good starting point. We definitely um, got our work cut out for us, and I really appreciate everybody coming to the table here and opening up the conversation I think that this could lead to some really great happenings for our entire county. And um, when we all know what each other is doing, it's going to make everything so much clearer, I think, for me anyway. So so thank you much. Thank you very much to everybody who's who's um, contributed to this. Mayor Finkel, I guess I would just make sure that question was targeted also to Craig and Sarah. Are there anything... That, that you're sitting there thinking when you walk away from this that we should have talked about or you need from us while all here together? Or have we given you the direction you need? This is City Manager Craig Owens. Um, I, yes, the agreements have been high priority for me and uh, Sarah and I have worked very hard to find in our schedules time to get through these. Um, so we understand it's a priority and we will we will get it done. And I think it, it did help to organize the thoughts about where our um, everybody is is wanting us to be on these. Uh, it helped me. Uh, and I heard the urgency on uh, houselessness and and uh, maybe some ways that we can we can look at that, which is an important one before us right now. I also am going to finish my last class in Kansas Leadership Center. I have that this week, so I have really good background right here on uh, seeing it in action. So I appreciate those comments. 
This is Sarah. Yeah, I, I think I think this was really helpful for us to get a sense of, of where the joint commissions are headed on it. And I think we can look to figure out a regular meeting schedule and talk about some of our existing efforts on homelessness. And, and really, you know, uh, we, we've had numerous work sessions over the last year at the county on this topic. So we would be glad to bring that before you all and, and provide some additional feedback. And then I think we can... Um, I feel like this was a really great start to our work. So I really do appreciate everyone's time and intention on this. Well, this is Chair Portier. I do just wanna extend a huge thank you to the City Commission for hosting us at this joint session tonight. I think that this was an incredibly productive conversation and I really appreciate all of the time and energy that went into planning it, carrying it out and all of the time and energy that we're gonna put forward and continuing to work through these agreements and the big adaptive challenges in front of us as a community. So thank you all. Mayor Finkeldeye and behalf of the city, certainly thank you, the County Commission and Sarah for being here and uh, working through this with us and, and the work we have ahead of us. We look forward to working together. Only because Kurt is running the cameras, I guess I will make sure no one else has anything to say. And if not, we can Adjourn, any final comments? SCD commissioners are used to going for hours and hours and hours. So um, you know, an hour and a half is all good. So we love an efficient meeting from the county commission perspective. We'll put that on our efficient and effective category there. <laughs> okay, if nothing else, um, thank you all. And I guess we'll be in recess. Thanks. <laughs>